On today's Into Your Head, we take a look at a new, oh, a new religion in which people don't believe in corpses. Uh, that and lots more on episode number 717. Hello. great believer in the dictum quad ete arachnophobia which as you're no doubt fully aware means whatever will be will be and whatever won't be uh, doesn't matter whatever won't be can be ignored it can be ignored in fact uh, but that's where we reach the problem though how do you ignore something that you know doesn't exist uh, how do you you know once you know that it doesn't exist if by definition stopped stopped ignoring it and you're taking full notice of it uh, maybe the best way to get noticed is to not exist have you ever thought about that? Uh, I don't mean in any uh, weird way. Uh, but if I was, uh, if I was never born, would that mean uh, I'd have uh, far more listeners to this than ever before, or ever? Uh, well, not ever before, than ever now. Uh, if in a parallel universe where I don't exist, uh, do I have millions of people listening to me? Because uh, it's hard to ignore something that doesn't exist. Uh, that probably, now that I think it through, doesn't make any sense. Well, that's called a thought experiment, and you don't find out whether it makes sense or not unless you think it true. And by its very essence, if the thought never exists, uh, then you're never going to make anything of it. But because I brought that thought into existence, it became something. And even by that, I've proved myself. Uh, I've disproved my theory that something not existing makes it more noticeable. Uh, that thing, uh, before that thought existed, about 90 seconds ago... Uh, nobody had ever noticed it and now you're fully aware of it you've, uh, you've spent the last minute and a half pondering it uh, that's what she, so there you go now uh, if I were more qualified in the field of philosophy or however you call this stuff I'd be able to formulate these thoughts into a more oh a more uh, understandable format and then I'd sit here writing books about her all day I'd probably get three books out of just that thought alone but no but because I'm not Professor Stephen Hawking or someone and I stumble over my words all I get out of that magnificent discovery, a new thought experiment, is the first two minutes of my shitty little podcast uh, so no no, same level of thought, same ideas uh, but I only get two minutes worth out of it and another, it's probably another parallel universe where there's me thinking the exact same things uh, but more able to put them into uh, words or pad them out basically is what they do, that's what the other bees do in the other universes they pa- they pad my thoughts out and they put them into a 500 page book that's only read by other people who are able to understand it uh, I bring this crap to the masses that's what I do, I take the I take these fantastic thoughts that are being taught by the likes of me in parallel universes and I put them in here in a format in a snappy 2 to 3 minute format that's easier to understand if there's anything to be understood from them and if there's nothing to, un- to be understood from them or nothing to be gained from them then all we wasted is a couple of minutes and we can just carry on with the show uh, like uh, just like we're about to do now we're about to carry on with the show no harm done uh, very little time wasted if any I wouldn't call any of that a waste of time I wouldn't call any my uh, my second uh, my second oldest cat a waste of time either I would, nothing's a waste of time
time. Uh, the only thing that's a waste of time is time itself. Uh, or is it? <laughs> Is time a waste of time? You could waste. Uh, so I'll tell you, if 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 it's not, uh, then you'll waste a lot of time if you spend time doing a study into whether time is a waste of time. Uh, but if it is a waste of time, uh, then you'll spend. Uh, uh, it's probably be time well spent uh, doing a study to find out whether time is a waste of time. Although either way, uh, whether you find that time is a waste of time or you find that time isn't a waste of time, you prove it either way. Uh, what's there to be gained from that? other than sitting around waiting for the time when we uh, realise that we as beings can transcend time but that's not going to happen for billions of years we've a lot of evolving to do before that and as far as we know uh, time's going to have to be involved there somehow uh, until we find out oh until we find out how to transcend it Uh, so where does that leave us I don't know I don't know I'll leave that for the Professor Stephen Hawkins to find out although he's going to find out uh, in a couple of decades or so uh, I wish the man no will ill but he's going to find in a couple of decades that his time's going to run out and then someone else is going to have to do the thinking for him I uh, left to hand o- time to hand over the keys to a new generation uh, David, just as David Letterman one of these years will have to hand over to Craig Ferguson and uh, even the fellow who plays the piano he's going to he's already decided he's going to retire soon so he'll have to hand over his piano keys and David Letterman will have to hand over his changing room keys and Professor Stephen Hawkins will have to hand over his uh, the keys to his brain to someone else uh, so we'll have to keys don't last forever that's the lesson to be learned from this well they do but they have to be handed over just because you have the key i suppose you could make some pun about a skeleton key uh, you could say oh you could uh, hold on to your keys forever and a uh, hundred years from now when you're a skeleton you'll be a skeleton grasping onto a set of keys and there'll be skeleton keys but as you'll find out later in the show uh, there's no such thing as corpses anyway or there may be a way well we'll come to that later we'll come to that later. Anyway, we've a lot to get on with today. Items that need to be attended to, issues that need to be addressed, topics. Oh, topics. We've got lots and lots of topics. We're positively booming to the seams with topics. We've got topics coming out of uh, topics coming out of this harmonica. This harmonica here has got topics coming out of it. Uh, there's a topic right there. There's a topic, and it's my job to interpret it into a way that, because uh, most people can't understand uh, harmonica language. They think, oh, it's a harmonica, it does this. Isn't it great? What does it mean, though? And what does it add to this world? What does it bring to the table of society, so to speak? Uh, the table of society. Uh, not that there's no real table. The table is a metaphor. We say, what does it this bring to the table? Uh, well, it doesn't need to bring anything. I've plenty on this table here already. I've got my monitor and my keyboard. I've got a pair of bongos. I've got two uh, litre and a half of dart stimulation drink. I've got a... Oh, I've got a bottle and a half half a roll on deodorant, uh, some vitamins, a harmonica, uh, several hundred piles of bills. Uh, what else have I got? Uh, I don't have my microphone on the table. I have my microphone clamped to a windowsill to avoid me interfering with her when I slam on the table like this. Because uh, if if the table, if the microphone was attached to the table and I slammed on the, oh, I slammed on the table like this, it would disrupt the sound. It would affect the sound quality. And oh, 
overhaul. Ah, the overhaul. Uh, what do you call it? Over overall tempo of the program. It would interfere. It would interfere in it uh, either in a good way or a bad way. I don't know, but I'm not prepared to find out. I'm not going to find out. Uh, not least because I've clamped to the frigging microphone, stabbing so hard to the windowsill that I can't loosen it, no matter how much I try. Uh, so it's stuck there forever. It can never move from this spot ever. Uh, we're uh, limited as far as this. Uh, oh, this uh, microphone tree will bend and stretch. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's perfectly fine as it is. Perfectly adequate for our needs. Uh, we don't need to go. Uh, before you go start listing off extra needs you have, you have to achieve something first and then earn the right to ask for more achievements. Uh, say, for example, if you're the government and you say, if you're the American government, for example, you say, oh, we need more money to fund these uh, zoos and statues of liberties that are currently shut down. Uh, well, what you need to do first is show that you can get more out of your zoos and statues of liberty. Your zoos, for example. Your zoos don't need funding. Uh, all those animals recreate themselves. You don't need to buy any more in. You get a, oh, you get a couple of polar bears and you put them together. Uh, you give them a, oh, you give them some sort of stimulation. Maybe make some noises or something. I don't know. And you'll find straight away you have a new baby polar bear which you can sell because they're very rare. So, uh, rare things sell very easily uh, and at a high price. Uh, there's no point trying to sell non-rare things. I could try selling you this empty bottle of deodorant, for example. And you'd say, oh, I could go down to the landfill and get tons of these. Tons and tons and tons of these. Although I could argue, well, what you're paying for is the labour. Uh, you're paying for, well, you're paying for uh, me to get this out of the landfill for you, which I didn't, as a matter of fact. It hasn't, hasn't gone to the landfill yet. Uh, so you're paying for, you're, what you're paying for is for this to not go to the landfill, uh, thereby saving uh, saving the environment, and therefore earning you, uh, what's that thing, the international conglomerate swap in? Ah, you know, those environmental points. Uh, you're, allowed to, you're allowed to waste so much if you buy uh, eco-credit or something. I forget what it's called. Uh, you probably don't even know what it's called, so you probably don't even remember what it's called. At least I knew it for long enough to forget, so I'm way ahead of you. Anyway. Two environmentalists walk into a bar. One of the environmentalists goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, I'm an environmentalist. And the man behind the bar says, uh, Oh, I heard that, all right. I heard you are. Uh, but don't worry, uh, everybody's welcome in here as long as they're, oh, as long as they're, uh, they be, they're not of any danger to anyone else. Have you, everyone's welcome in here. And the environment's the environmentalist says no not a mental mentalist a ment an environmentalist and the barman says why are you so eager to make it clear that you're not a mentalist and that you're an environmentalist are you, if you, have you got something against mentalist and the environmentalist says well as a matter of fact I have if you I don't want to be mistook for an envir for a mentalist I assume by mentalist you mean a person with uh, diminished mental capacity uh, not that there's anything wrong with 
that. Uh, but no, if I get confused for a mentalist too often, then word gets around that I'm a mentalist rather than envir- an environmentalist, uh, then uh, that might affect my uh, income. Uh, for example, it'll be like that. Uh, what that fellow in England who was in the paper because they said he was a paedophile and people turned up at his gates and it turned out he was a paediatrician. People, uh, people got mistaken. Uh, that could happen to me. And there's nothing against mentalists. Is mentalist even a thing? I'm not sure it is. I don't think they call people with uh, mental disabilities mentalists. They call them a lot of other things. But I think a ment- isn't there a show called a mentalist? Hold on a minute. And I look up on my uh, portable iPhone device. Do you have free Wi-Fi in here? And the barman says, we do not. We don't have free Wi-Fi in here. This is a place of business. We charge for things. Uh, but you go ahead with your little fucking star Trek device in there on your own mobile internet and see what you can find. Oh, uh, says this article has multiple issues, the environmentalist says. Please help improve her. Discuss these issues on the talk page. Uh, well, I don't need a talk page. I'm in a bar. A bar is the prime place for uh, having talks about anything. If you want to talk about something, you don't go to a talk page. You go to a good old-fashioned bar like this one. Uh, anyway, it says mentalism is per- performing arting, which is practitioners known as mentalists appear to demonstrate highly developed mental or intuitive abilities. Now that's completely what I thought it wasn't. Uh, It's exactly what I thought it was or what I thought it was. Actually it's both what I thought it wasn't and what I didn't tell it was. Uh, uh, Let me rephrase that. It's both what I thought it was wasn't and what I uh well it's what I assumed it wasn't but also what I thought of ah fuck uh, let me start and explain this again and the barman says while you're explaining it would you mind telling me what you, what you'd like to order and uh, uh environmentalist says certainly sir can I have a pint of your finest Guinness please uh from a sustainable source please and not made by certainly not made by nine year olds in some uh, in some uh, running shoe factory in the arse end of Taiwan nothing against Taiwan or the arse end of it I just don't want uh, forced slave labour by children doing it or voluntary labour by children because there's only such an extent to which you can call it voluntary if you're letting your children work and the barman says, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more, but since you've, ordered, since you've ordered Guinness, I don't think that's going to be a problem. And the environmentalist says, are you sure? Are you sure? I heard Guinness is made on Pluho now by uh, oh, by children who they've exported from uh, England or somewhere because they don't export their criminals and their children to Australia anymore. They import them to some other planet and they make them make Guinness uh, export edition Guinness. And the barman says, oh, that's export edition don't worry about that you're in Ireland now you get the proper stuff that we keep for the non-tourists and the environmentalist says oh that's great that's great uh, anyway I uh, know uh, I thought by that mentalists might be a phrase that people use to uh, refer to people with mentally disabilities wrongly obviously uh, but I also thought uh, it meant something else but what I didn't think it meant was what I've just read off Wikipedia there that's what I didn't think it would mean in fact it never even occurred to me that it might mean that uh 
So I don't know. Suffice to say, anyway, it all comes as a surprise to me. Which is a great way to leave. I think you'd have to agree. Everything comes as a surprise to you. And the man behind the bar says, I don't know about that, sir. Uh, if everything came as a surprise to me, I think I'd be on edge all the time. I'd be expecting surprises at every moment. And the environmentalist says, no, that's not how it works. You wouldn't be expecting surprises at all because everything will come as a surprise. Uh, even the next surprise, you say, oh Christ, another surprise. I wasn't expecting that. And then the fact that you weren't expecting it would itself be a surprise. It'd be like Christmas all year round. And the barman says, oh Christ, Christmas is my hardest working time of year. Uh, except uh, Christmas Day, of course. We close on Christmas Day. Uh, but for the rest of the Christmas period, uh, work, 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 work for the likes of me. You environmentalists probably take the whole uh, season off because there's no problems with the environment then. Uh, unless you count, of course, all the people chopping down the trees to put in their uh, living room for a month and then throw on the trash heap. And the environmentalist says, indeed, 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 indeed. And the barman says, uh, check, are we recording this? Uh, oh, we are. It's fine. Don't worry about that. I uh, forget I said that. And the environmentalist says, pardon. And the uh, uh, man behind the bar says, uh, pardon accepted. And the environmentalist says, no, I wasn't asking for a pardon. I was saying pardon. I was saying, I'm sorry, I didn't catch what you said. And the barman says, apology accepted. And the environmentalist says, uh, how does this end? And the barman says, I don't know how this ends. And if I did, I wouldn't tell you. Have a surprise left in your life, for Christ's sake. Live for the moment. And the uh, uh, environmentalist says, yes, but since this is going to end any moment now, probably possibly this moment, uh, I am living for it. It's not like it's uh, I'm asking what's going to happen next year. And the barman says, all right, then what is going to happen next year? You're the environmentalist. You study these things. And the environmentalist says, oh, next year, uh, we're all going to drown. We're all going to drown in our own muck that we created from uh, roll on. Uh, it's going to surprise everyone, as a matter of fact, because we'll, we'll find out that the stuff that they use to make roll on deodorant is poisonous or poisoning us all. And we should have stuck to the spray on stuff. Uh, but no, no, we had to go get the roll on stuff. And I don't mean the stick ones either that those Americans use. No, the proper roll on deodorant. But you get a roll of it, uh, you get a whole bottle of it, and there's a oh, there's a plastic ball thing at the top, and you roll it around on your person, uh, your person or someone else's person, uh, another person. If you roll it on someone else's person, and you happen to own that person, or be, or they happen to be your spouse, uh, can you call that rolling it on your person, or do you have to say you're rolling this on someone else's person? There's a question for you. And the man behind the bar says, I think you've got somehow distracted from uh, what you were talking about, which was our looming destruction of the world, which you say is going to happen next year. And the environmentalist says, well, excuse me for taking, a, for being distracted and taking an interest in the little things around me. Uh, little things like this bottle of uh, 24-RCN fresh antiperspirant roll-on deodorant bought in little uh, 50 milliliters. That's how much is in the stuff. Uh, we spoke about this recently on the show before, uh, not too long ago, if I remember rightly. And the barman says, what show? And the environmentalist says, oh, that's right. 
right of course that's uh, we're on the we're on the we're a level down from that at the moment aren't we we're in the story and the barman says uh, i think you should leave now sir and the environmentalist says uh, I think I should leave now too, sir. Uh, we're agreed on that, but I'm not going to until I finish this pint of Guinness. And the barman says, would you like a hang a doggy bag? And the, uh, the environmentalist says, uh, pays it, do you have paper? And the barman says, no, I'm afraid, just plastic. Uh, so it's good for the environment, isn't it? If you take it in a plastic bag, that plastic bag is never going to rot and fill up some landfill. It's just going to survive forever as long as you take good care of it. That's why I'm all for plastic bags. And the environmentalist says, Christ, you've just opened up a whole new shade of light of the world to me. Never occurred to me plastic bags are much more environmentally friendly than paper because they last forever as long as you take good care of it. We should educate the children because, you know, the children are our future. We should educate it. I've an idea now. Let's set up a little... Let's set up some posters in here and give something back to society. We'll educate our children about taking care of their plastic bags just as they would with a pet. We'll have a... Oh, we can have slogans. We'll say a plastic bag is not just for Christmas. Uh, it's for Easter and Halloween and hopefully for many decades to come. They're made of plastics. There's no reason they should disintegrate at all. Uh, we'll just educate them on uh, how, well, how much you can fit in a bag without causing it to burst or damage. Uh, maybe you could educate them on how to repair bags. Maybe that could be the thing. Could we sell bag patches? They can repair punctures on bicycles with little rubber patches. Surely we can do the same with plastic bags. And the barman says, have be perfectly honest I don't know very much about this most of our people in here don't tend to take their stuff away in bags they just drink it in here uh, there is an off license section next door of course but that's uh, that's just that's 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 just uh, that's that's although admittedly I own it and I order in all the bags so I suppose I should know a little more about that than I do uh, which in fact I do I do know a little bit more about it than I do uh, but I'm wearing my barman hat at the moment I'm not wearing my off-license hat at the moment. Uh, and the environmentalist says, In my day, people took off their hats before they went into a bar. Ho, 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 ho. And the barman says, Oh, they still do, they still do. But I live on the premises. Like I haven't left here in several months. Uh, so uh, there's no entering here for me. Anyway, a great night has had by all. Support the Podcast Dual Arts at no cost to you just by sending Neil money. Visit IntoYourHead.com and click on the tip jar to make a once-off donation. IntoYourHead.com Remember, we value the opinions of you, the humble and ignorant listener. Email studio at IntoYourHead.com Studio at IntoYourHead.com Are you a cat? Or do you know somebody who might be? Then tell yourself about Matchstick Cats. Neil's webcomic. Brand new episodes at IntoYourHead.com Into your head. 
peanuts. That's what they call them. They call them big, steaming, shit-eating, piss-piling, uh, environmentalist uh, destroying. Uh, although, in, in fact, they don't destroy the environment. I didn't say they did. I said they destroy. They destroy environmentalists. In fact, I didn't even say to say that. I just say they call them environmentalist destro- destroying. Uh, barely even said that properly at all. They're just words. These are just words. Don't get worked up over them. Uh, words can't hurt you. Uh, sticks and stones can. If you get some sticks and so you can get some sticks and stones and fire them at someone through a gun. If you get a gun that you've made and then fire the sticks and stones through the gun at someone, that'll hurt them. But they won't hurt you. I don't know. Uh, I suppose you could make them to hurt you. You could turn the gun around on yourself and fire the stones and sticks at yourself, or you could throw sticks and stones at yourself. You probably hit yourself with the stick rather than throwing it at yourself uh, or you throw the stones at you but you'd have to throw them from a distance you'd have to get your arm out as far as you go can you throw a stone at yourself I don't know you'd have to put your arm way out as far as it can go and then turn your hand a bit and have the stone in your hand and then throw it straight at your face uh, by the time you've done that you might as well just be using your hand because you're going to have to bring your hand uh, towards you to, to get some momentum going on the stone so the hand is pretty much going to go as as close to your face almost as your as the stone is you might as well not throw the stone at all just use the stone like a uh, to batter yourself just keep keep a grasp on the stone and use the stone to punch yourself in the face uh, unless you want to just count on your fists i suppose but no a stone will probably make it more efficient you'll be bashing away same stone it's like throwing the same stone over and over again except you don't have to go back and get it because you're bringing the stone towards you all the time you have it in your hand all the time you're bashing away at your face with a stone uh, but what in the name of Christ would be the point of that unless you want to self-harm if you're feeling the need to self-harm in any way like that or in any less imaginative way uh, please seek uh, please seek the advice of your doctor uh, there's plenty of help available for that sort of thing we all joke about it we all love to joke every day about hitting ourselves in the face with stones and figuring out how to how you throw a how you'd fire sticks and stones at yourself through a gun but at the end of the day it's no laughing matter these are serious matters uh, go see a mentalist about it or something it's more important your mental health is important you know well it's important to you it's important to me as well because we don't want mentally defective people going around uh, start setting bombs off I like to have in America at the moment every gun one's going nuts in America because they can't get in to see the Statue of Liberty or the zoo uh, so you have people going nuts in the streets, starting fights, uh, starting riots, going around with guns, because uh, they've nothing better to There's nothing else to do once everything's closed. You can't get in to have a tour of the White House. Uh, so they go and shoot people. Uh, shoot people in the... Uh, just like that. Uh, what's that Queen song? Uh, something, something, and a kick in the head. All this time, honey, baby, you've been had. Lily of the Valley, that's what it is. It's one of the more obscure tracks on one of the early Queen albums. Uh, but no, I'm pretty sure I quoted it exactly. Just not a particularly relevant part of the song. Uh, I could think up some more Queen songs that might help. I just find it hard to do a on the fly, on demand. Uh, be demanding Queen songs of me, you'd be far better to get your government sorted out and funded or defunded or whatever it is you're trying to do over there. Not be having some fella on a podcast 
Christmas post uh, quoting Queen songs. Uh, who's to say any of the Queen songs are relevant to this anyway? Or Billy Joel. I can go Billy Joel or Queen for you, but no others. Uh, so you might want to go to someone who has a, a higher variety of songs. Uh, someone, for example, who knows a bit of Frank Sinatra and a bit of the Sex Pistols and a good variety in between. Someone who has a good eclectic taste. Uh, they're more likely to be useful if you want if you want someone who's a well of a well of ideas from songs and do that I suppose or at least go to someone like uh, someone like Bono from U2 or someone who writes about important things rather than uh, Queen just write about uh, oh, Queen just write about crap uh, absolutely fantastic crap but it's crap uh, what else could I quote you to write help I don't know I don't know go consult with your freaking politicians uh, you're wasting your valuable time here while you're sitting here listening to this crap uh, your government is going down the pits it's going down the pits uh, the animals are dying, uh, the Statue of Liberty is crumbling. Oh, they did that once, didn't they? One of those internet things. They said, What would it be like if everyone in America died? Uh, they took a, oh, they did a thing showing what it would be like 200 years from now and a thousand years from now. And they showed eventually the Statue of Liberty would crumble from lack of something or other. <coughs> Uh, so it's fucked anyway. So you might as well go see it while it's there. Uh, you can go and have a look at it from a distance, I believe, without having to get in to see it, even if the government isn't working on it. So go and see it before it goes away. Uh, same with the planet. Have a good damn look at the planet before it goes away. And the best way to do that is to go outside. The best thing, the way to look at something is from being on the outside looking in. Uh, if, you, if you were to come and see me here, for example, in my studio, you wouldn't be able to see anything unless you somehow got outside the window. Uh, there is a ledge there uh, where you'd have to get a ladder and get up on it, uh, or else climb out the window. Uh, you could open up the window for you and you have to let you climb out and get onto the sloped roof outside, uh, but you'd have to make you sign a waiver. You'd have to sign away your rights, you see. I hereby sign away uh, any rights to sue you for allowing me to climb outside your window, putting my uh, putting my very life at risk because uh, these are risks you have to take on board yourself uh, I'm curious as to where the cap of this uh, deodorant bottle I've been playing with is gone uh, because I realize it's not quite as empty as I thought and it might be it might be prudent economically to put the cap back on uh, rather than just treat it as if it's completely gone uh, I think I've even I took but I took the ball cover off as well and I poured some out onto my hand inadvertently. I wasn't being intentionally wasteful. Uh, I was doing something intentionally, but the, uh, the aim wasn't to waste. You're listening to the Into Your Head podcast from Ireland with your humble proprietor, Neil. Follow Neil at twitter.com slash intoyourheadpod and pretend to like him at facebook.com slash into your head podcast to further environmentalists walk into a bar one of the two further environmentalists goes straight up to the bar counter and says hello can I have a pint of your uh, pint of your finest tap water please and the man behind the bar says uh, so do you want it from the blue tap or the red tap and the uh, environmentalist says I don't know which would you recommend 
And the barman says, you've already told me you want you want my finest one. Now you're asking which do I recommend. Do you not want my finest one now? Because I'd recommend my non-finest one. I'd recommend the one from the Red Tap, which is the one that comes through the central heating system and is meant to be hot. Uh, in this instance, isn't. Although, if you wanted it hot, I could make it hot. Uh, although, we do have a, a boiling water machine for making uh, hot drinks with, and ironically, that's co- that's connected to the cold water tap. So, if you were to recommend hot, if you wanted hot water, I would get it from that because there's gone through all sorts of filters. Uh, but, though, if you want my recommendation, I'd say uh, a pint of a pint of tap water from the hot tap. Uh, you won't enjoy it, though. You won't enjoy it. And the barman says, "Well, why would you be recommending it then?" And the barman says, "Because it's in my interests, and I'm a human being. I look, I'm, I naturally seek out whatever. I look after my own interests first. Because if you, it's like when you're on the plane and they say, uh, oh, in the in event, in the event of a reduction in cabin pressure, put on your own face mask first, and then worry about your child. Leave your child to last. You come first. Well, it's the same with me. If you ask me." Uh, what uh, what do I recommend? And I'm running a business that profits from my recommendations. Then I make whatever's the best recommendation in my interests. And uh, uh, and the environmentalist says, "Well, I'm curious. Then why would it be in your interests for for me to uh, drink the water from the hot tap, uh, which, as you've just explained, isn't hot? Uh, so it'll just be like cold water that's being through the central his his central heating system." and is therefore probably less tasty and the barman says I'm not sure now now that I think about it I'm not sure uh, but it did help us to have an interesting conversation though isn't it uh, anyone can serve up a point of water but it's the hospitality that matters in places like these uh, I'm nothing if not a hospitalitarianism uh, proponent I'm all for oh I'm all for being the, I'd be good running a bread and breakfast house if I wasn't here running a pub all night of course I couldn't because I couldn't be up in the Although a lot of them do, but no, I couldn't be up in the morning serving you, uh, serving you a full Irish and saying, welcome to my B&B. You probably should have come last night because the idea is to come in the evening and then have breakfast and then leave, not just turn up at breakfast time. Uh, although every man to his own taste, I suppose. And the environmentalist says... I feel we've rather lost the run of our conversation here. That's not a complaint, though. It's like if I was drawing a uh, draw, playing with her pencil and a piece of paper, and I started drawing all over the place, just swirls. If I was enjoying myself, it wouldn't matter where the pencil was going, as long as it didn't go onto the furniture or something. I'd stay within the within the realms of the of the piece of paper. Well, that goes without saying. That goes without saying. Uh, probably shouldn't have said it then. There's no and saying it is there and the barman says I wouldn't know that's not really my area of expertise I don't even write things down anymore if I want to I do all my accounting by uh, scanning this point through the scanner here uh, I'll just uh, here's your oh your water's ready incidentally sir I'll just scan it here through the tail beep 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 and the uh, environmentalist says why did you make that beep beep noise with your mouth and the barman says because obviously this is a point of water it doesn't have a 
a barcode on it. Uh, they haven't advanced the barcodery in the uh, in the uh, made on the spot uh, drinks industry yet. So I'm trying to I'm trying to be prepared for it. That's the important with small little corner village businesses like mine. Uh, they're always telling me in the chamber of commerce, stay a step ahead, don't fall behind. Any day now, uh, some major conglomerate could set up some fancy uh, mega supermarket with a bar in it next door and tell you the first thing they'll have is uh, points that you scan. So I'm getting ready for that now by practicing the scanning motion. Of course, I still have to type in the amount in here on my little keyboard. I'll do that after you're gone. Uh, and the environmentalist says, what are you being after? I'm dead. Christ, that's a bit weird. And the barman says, no, I mean, after you've gone down to your seat with your drink. Uh, oh, now, the little flow in that is that I have to figure out your change uh, by hand or by brain anyway, but that's not bad. Nothing wrong with keeping your, um, keeping your brain exercised, uh, especially when all this machinery is going to make me lazy. So I keep my brain exercised. Now, you just gave me three euros, so here's your change. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. And the barman says, you're very welcome. You're very, very, very welcome. Call any time you're passing, unless we're closed. And by call, I don't mean ring me up on the telephone, because I don't want to be disturbed by some customer just passing, saying, oh, I was on my way on a business trip out to do some environmentalism the other end of the country. And he said, call any time you're passing. So I thought I'd call you now. Uh, no, no. The only time the only time you do that is if you're passing on one of those coaches that has Wi-Fi on it. I'm on, on my computer. You know when you're on your computer and you see, or you're on your iPhone uh, walking along the main street and one of those buses that has free Wi-Fi goes past and you're on Wi-Fi. You're on the bus's Wi-Fi for approximately half a milli's millisecond. You see, oh, look, I have free Wi-Fi now. Oh, look, it's gone. Uh, that's the only time. That's the only way I want to hear from you. Although I'm not sure how that translates into our situation here. Uh, but it's an interesting thing to think about, isn't it? And the environmentalist says, it may well be. I haven't talked about it yet, but I'll put it aside for as something to think about next time I'm lying awake at night, uh, worrying that I'm going to have nightmares. That'll be something nice and harmless to think about. Or will it? <coughs> remains to be seen remains to be seen and the barman says indeed it does indeed it does indeed I think we're done here are we and the environmentalist says uh, well I don't know we're not done until we've achieved something surely and the barman says well what were we setting out to achieve and the environmentalist says well I was setting out to make a purchase of a pint of water and have a night out on the tiles with my pint of water I've only just got here just got my drink. I know I know the whole point of this was to buy a drink off here, but that doesn't mean that I'm just going to finish now and go home. No, I'm going to sit down and make an evening of it. Uh, mingle with the people around me and the barman says, that's fine, you do that. Uh, last orders, please. Last orders, please. And the environmentalist says, Christ. And the barman says, oh, sorry about that, sir. Not that it's my fault, uh, but you seem to have come in just before closing time. And you know the rules in this country uh, once it gets to 11.25 or ever it is now uh, there's to be no handing out points of water to people no matter how much you want to, you tell them to finish up uh, drink up and go home to their houses, go home to their families and their children and their whatever they go to or their 
there are graveyard shifts. Uh, can you do a day shift in a graveyard? There's a question for you. And if so, what would you be doing? Surely there's nothing in a graveyard that should be done in the daytime. All that stuff should be done at night, if you ask me. And the environmentalist says, uh, well, as far as I'm concerned, I'm against graveyards. I think we should all be, uh, we should all have our remains evaporated into the clouds when we're dead and have them rain down upon us. Because uh, we're going to do that with acid rain, we might as well do that with our corpses as well. Our corporeal remains, uh, if you believe in such a thing. Personally, uh, I don't believe in corporeal remains. I, do, I don't believe that there's anything left of us when we die. I believe we don't have any remains. And the barman says, I think you're a bit confused there. Surely you mean we don't have a soul, an essence that's left. And the environmentalist says, no, no, I believe in all that. I just don't believe we have a body once we're dead. I believe that's, there's no body there at all. It's just, he just ceased to exist. He just disappear. They show it, they reveal that on Star Trek sometimes. They show some aliens, you shoot them with a phaser and they just disappear uh, rather than uh, leaving a corpse. So I believe humans do that too. Uh, it's just being kept from us uh, as a scam so people can make money. So they can make money from burying our non-existent corporeal remains and putting them in boxes. Uh, that's what people love. They put those. They love putting people in boxes. It's like that film. It's not that film that has the t-shirt slogan that goes nobody puts baby in a corner. I'm going to start doing a thing. Nobody puts dead people in boxes. It's a lie. And see how we get on with that. But at the very least, I'll make money from it. And the man behind the bar says, uh, you're a very interesting man, sir. And the environment says, the environmentalist says, oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. You see, people say a lot about environmentalists and not, nothing very complimentary, but there's more to us than meets the eye. And the barman says, that's the question. That's what I was going to ask you. Oh, in fact, I wasn't going to ask you because they were being rude. Uh, I notice you're cross-eyed. And the environmentalist says, that's very rude. And the barman says, exactly. That's why I didn't bring her up. I didn't want to be rude. And I'm being rude now. So it's ruined the evening. Evening. And the environmentalist says, oh well, it was nice while it lasted. And a great night is had by all, except the environmentalists and the barman. Now, uh, at this point, at this point in the proceedings, uh, at this point in the at this point in the podcastual proceedings, uh, I'd like to try some alliteration. Is that what they call it? alliteration? Where you go at this point in the podcasting proce- podcastual proceedings. Uh, let's see if I can get more. I might have to write this down. Uh, let's see. We've got at this point in the podcastual proceedings. Uh, I'd like to try some alliteration and uh, now we've got three p's in there but after the comma it gets to i'd like to try some alliteration there's no absolutely no p's in there at all uh so maybe i'll change it to i'd uh i'd uh, i'd like to attempt attempt oh attempt at Oh, here we go. I'll change over from P's to A's after the comma. At this point in the podcastual proceedings, I'll aim... Oh, no. I'll... Uh, as, ah, Christ. Must be another. I'll something and attempt a alliteration. What can I put in there? Uh, oh, 
Oh, here we go. I'll attempt. I'll attempt. Uh, an achievement akin to alliteration. There we go. At this point in the podcast rule proceedings, I'll attempt an achievement akin to alliteration. Uh, now this brings me back to my old days, my pre-podcasting days when I used to write. I used to write stuff directly onto the internet rather than recording at first. Uh, I'd get out my oh, I'd get out my website and I get out my keyboard and I go type, 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 and then I'd say save and then I'd say put this up here. Here's some words for you. Uh, make for make of them what you will. But nowadays it's all changed. Nowadays you have to you have to feed the words to yourself. It's like oh, it's like being a it's like being a, back in the old days when they used to have kings and queens. They'd have a food taster who taste their words and ideas for them. Hell, they taste their food for them. But I have to taste my words and ideas for you and run them through my own mouth first before you'll even listen to them. Uh, you won't even run them into your own mouth. You won't read them. You expect me to say them. So I have to do all the tasting. Uh, those words could be poisonous to my brain and I'll be the first one to collapse in a heap. I suppose that's fair. It means I have to take responsibility for them. And it's a good it's a good way of keeping, uh, what do you call it? Ah, keeping the cassette quality control measure, I suppose. Because if any of these words are damaging to my brain, to me, my brain that will be damaged. Although uh, my brain then mightn't realise is damaging and continue to make podcasts that damage you by their very content. I could be putting out complete crap here and they could be rusting away your brain as you listen episode after episode. Uh, so, I uh, think you're being smart by not reading and just listening to me uh, read out stuff that I've already run through my brain. No, you're not being smart at all. You're in just as da- much danger as you were back in the days when you used to read my words directly off a website. Uh, so, in your face sucker anyway good morning two cats walk into an afterlude to a successfully completed and already longer than usual episode of into your head podcast Uh, one of the cats goes straight up to the end of the already successfully completed and longer than usual podcast episode and says hello Uh, i've just taken a sleep aid i'm going to see what happens we'll put on an appendix uh, to this episode Uh, don't worry there's no surgery involved i'm not a doctor and even if i was uh the, the council of ah, whatever you call the council of doctors thing would never allow a cat onto their board as a as an authorized surgeon uh, not even as a vet because uh, for one thing they don't have the power to uh, uh, anoint vets uh, vets are not anointed by the uh, board of medicine of surgery of human surgery and uh, nor should they be unless of course you're talking about someone who's a veterinary surgeon and that he's been a oh he's being a human medical surgeon all his life and now he's a veteran of that field and even that he's not allowed to well, he probably is allowed to operate on cats but would you want him to he's probably 93 uh, he's crippled with uh, repetitive strain injury from all the appendixes he's been putting into humans and Christ no you won't, won't want him operating on a cat especially in the in the modern day uh, oh modern day veterinary medicine where anyone who's doing a serious operation on a cat is 
expected to have it over and done with in 15 minutes and handed it back over the veterinary shop counter to its owner by the end of the day. Uh, whereas if you're doing it on a human, you're given hours and hours to do it. They'll keep you in, they'll put you in intensive care. But oh no, it's an entirely different kettle of fish if you're a cat. Uh, that's why you don't want some old fella, some old fella who used to be able, although maybe you would because he'd be, no you wouldn't because he'd be going too slow and you wouldn't get it done. He'd say, oh we've got eight hours to do this operation, let's get going. And by the time he's finished he won't have noticed that everyone else has gone home. The veterinary shop has shut down. Uh, someone has turned off all the lighting and there's nobody there to, you can't just hand over to a nurse and say, we're done now, sew up this cat. Now what have we learned here today? And oh no, no one gave, there isn't even anyone there to learn. I wonder, they don't have, they don't have frigging, uh, in the normal course of events in a hospital, if you put a cat in a hospital and managed to convince them that it was a human and said it needed an appendix operation or go into a proper operating room, you'd have the surgeon and your assistant surgeon and the fella who specialises in putting the cat to sleep, except not in that type of sleep that the veterinary world called it. No, no, he'd be putting them under for operation purposes and it'd be five or six junior doctors from the college who were just there to learn. So if anything went wrong, uh, it's not like an aeroplane where you just have the oh, a surgeon, a veterinary surgeon, a veterinary surgeon of the human surgery uh, type in a hospital, uh, in a college university hospital uh, has a lot more to fall back on than the, uh, your standard airline pilot would. If your airline pilot collapses in the middle of the aeroplane uh, or if he goes under, if he goes, falls unconscious at least the, there's an assistant pilot or a co-pilot there but there's no one else. You don't have freaking assistant nurses uh, or whatever you don't. Well you have the people who do that. I suppose you have the people who push the trolley around. Well there's a far cry between controlling a trolley uh, even if it is up uh, a kilometer above ground. There's a far dif big difference between wheeling a trolley around and wheeling a Oh, wheeling a 747 jet engine, the commercial aircraft over the Atlantic. Uh, no offense to any air hostesses listening to this, uh, but if you were to put, if they were to put you down now in a in a frigging, oh, in a surgeric, surgeric, uh, what you call it, a surgeric theater in a hospital, and say this fella is going to do the operation now. He's one of the finest surgeons of our time. Uh, he's putting an appendix uh, in this uh, strangely cat-like. Uh, uh, human here, uh, you're to push the trolley around that's got all the medicines on it. I suppose they'd be able to do that. But you see the person with the trolley uh, in the theater, uh, well, for one thing, they don't have any biscuits on it. They don't go around with peanuts. Uh, if you went around with peanuts in a freaking surgical theater, I can tell you they'd say, keep those well away from that patient. We've no idea whether that patient is allergic to peanuts, for one thing. And uh, for another thing, you don't bring foods in here. There's no there's no opportunity for stocking in the middle of an operation, especially if you're the patient. And if you're not the patient, you're, you you have your you have your snack time outside of surgery hours. Uh, you have you do one surgery, then you have your lunch break, then you do another surgery. You don't freaking you certainly don't bring in a packed lunch or a pack of peanuts on the trolley. No, no, the trolley's for the. Uh, how are we doing here? Five minutes in. Uh, I'm not sure if my drugs have started to take effect here yet. Uh, I took a sleep aid a while ago, uh, as I may have mentioned earlier. Uh, well, suffice to say though, uh, this is an appendix to the program. Mm -hmm.
two further cats walk into a further appendix to an already uh, successfully completed and as we established already already longer than usual before the first appendix even started episode and therefore an episode that holds the listener nothing more and we can just uh, go experimental now for the rest of this we don't have to do anything else uh, this is like if you shove in an extra few pages at the end of a book and it's just ah it's just uh, matchstick matchstick drawings that the author has decided to put in uh, let me do some matchstick drawing now uh, we'll get an old fashioned a good old fashioned viral and a good old fashioned piece of uh, damaged printer paper uh, that uh, can't be used for its normal purpose at risk at risk of uh, blocking up the uh, office uh, computer uh, not the off the office printer here uh, oh we can who are we kidding here? It's not an office. It's a corner of a spare room filled up with crap. Uh, at the moment, it's filled up with me as well. It's also filled up with, uh, ironically, caffeine-free diet coke. Uh, taking, oh, taking sleep aid drugs. I have caffeine-free coke in here as well, just to make sure the beverage of choice doesn't cancel it out. And over here we have a... Uh, a pint glass, which only a few hours ago was full of uh, energy drink. I latched that down to do the main part of the show. Uh, so don't say I haven't been... Don't say can't, no one can accuse me of sabotaging this episode. I got properly energy drinked up for the first 40 minutes of it. And now I can do what I want. Anyway, I have my paper here. We'll draw a, we'll draw a matchstick figure, will we? Uh, there's a head. Now, I know what you're thinking there. You're thinking... Uh, I don't really know what you're thinking. Christ only knows what you're... That's why it's called experimental. I don't know what you're thinking today because this isn't a normal segment. Anyway, there's an ear. There's another ear. Now, if I was to draw a couple of eyes up there... Uh that would look stupid and it does look stupid I can confirm it just looks like a couple of dots in the middle of each ear although I suppose in a way that could be the that could be the ear hole I'll still need to draw eyes on this uh, creature whatever it's going to be so I'll put eyes in the normal place or what we people or we as humans consider the normal place because we're arrogant we think eyes have to be about uh, two thirds of the way up the face and then we put some whiskers going out there and uh, some more whiskers going out there and then we say for more of this sort of thing uh, visit intoyourhead.com and read my long running webcomic matchstick cats uh, which I certainly don't do on paper like this I'd be absolutely fucking that's going in the bin now it's fucking ridiculous it's the worst drawing I've ever done uh, the only way to do a matchstick figure is to draw one uh, back in around Christmas of 2003 and then copy and paste us till you have three stick figure cats and then you change the colours of each one slightly and then you just reproduce that with different words over them uh, every time you feel like it for the next eight years or so and then you mention it on your podcast uh, that's what you do there's nothing there's no uh oh there's no hidden magic to doing web comics you know you don't need to be able to draw you don't need to you don't need to have any discernible talent other than the production of words that are of interest to the reader or that have i don't know i don't know ask anyone who does a web comic and they'll say you have to oh 
you have to do your you have to draw some woman with a superman helmet on her and then you draw streaks of light coming out of her and you have to have shadow and you have to have oh you have to have to have the night sky over gotham because it's always the night sky over gotham it's never daylight in any of these fucking places and no wonder they're all no wonder all these superheroes are fucked up they've got that condition that you get where you don't get enough sunlight and you become depressed all year round and all you can do is obsess over uh, non-existent criminals who are supposedly destroying your city so you obsess over that it's the OCD of the superhero world nothing it's nothing heroic about that I can tell you there's nothing heroic about obsessing over mythical creatures uh, like the Joker the Joker is just some fellow a sense of humor the sense of humor that's the new undercurrent now with these new movies I used to be I used to have the Superman movies with Christopher Reeve and the old TV versions of Batman it was all light-hearted and pow and punch and you had laughter going on in uh, Christopher Reeves's newspaper office and then they decided no it has to go dark now it has to be all darkness and evil and blackness uh, no more cheeriness you know everything oh everything and then you had your man uh, what's his face uh, what was your man in, in Gotham City the city of justice city of justice so yeah it's not the fellow who was accused of something I think it was I can't remember if he was cleared or not uh, innocent unless proven guilty uh, what's the name uh, wasn't he the fella uh, we could be the, oh no that was the lighthouse family uh, you know your man who I'm thinking of I uh, did the city of justice and the city of peace we all need the city of he also did that other song the heavier and goes uh i'm trying to remember it now it was his trademark song it was a very uplifting song ironically uh what was it that was some fella some fella anyway hold on a minute I'm look at hold on i'll pause this i look at home Ah, hello. I paused it for a moment there. Uh, no time passed in your jurisdiction, so don't worry. Uh, no, it was Or Kelly, and he also did uh, Week. Oh, fuck, I've lost the name of the song again. He did that other one, though. Oh, yes, I believe I can fly. That one where you take. Where, oh, it's about. Uh, you know the way where people take drugs when they go up on top of a skyscraper and they say, I believe I can fly. I can believe I can fly. <laughs> Uh, it's all very well believing you can fly or Kelly as long as you don't go ahead and do us, which presumably he didn't because he's still alive and well. Uh, poor Christopher Reeve on the other on the other hand, he took this acting, his method acting thing to a whole new height and one day he said, oh I'm on a horse, I can believe I can fly. Uh, problem is, a horse is not a suitable flying instrument. No, in order to fly, oh, you, need a, you need a hang glider or something or you need a parachute and not, not a frigging uh, not a frigging horse unless you got some sort of one of those mythical horses with the wings on them oh no uh, no 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 if they get a mix uh, people get very confused especially on me right now as my sleep aid kicks in how long's it been now 12 minutes i'd say getting a bit confused now uh, losing the will to using the will to uh, coherently put together my arguments 
uh, so Vanny, if this stops to, starts to make less sense than usual, uh, remember, this is an appendix, an experimental appendix, uh, just like you put in an encyclopedia. Well, not in a published encyclopedia, but I'm sure they have a draft appendix before they finalise it. Uh, that's what this is. This is the draft appendix. It's never going to be finalised. It's always going to be experimental. It'll be like when, oh, it'll be like they used to do on the television in England when they wanted to come up with a new half-hour sitcom they'd make six different half-hour sitcom pilots and they'd run them as a series and they say oh look we're having a different show every week uh haven't enough confidence in any of them yet to run as a series so we'll run them all together and pretend it's all intentional uh some of the finest uh some of the finest uh people in the world started as that well not people the people in the tv world if you call that to some people the world of tv is their world uh, for some of us, uh, the TV is our window on the world. Uh, for others, in front of our house, I have a window on the world right beside me here. I can see out. I can see it's not as expansive as it used to be, disappointingly. In previous years, I would have been telling you around now that I'd be see, able to see. I'd be able to see the field where they hosted this year's uh, national plowing chips championships and on one occasion European plowing championships. But no, oh, that field hasn't been touched in years because they went to some other frigging town. Apparently our clay isn't good enough for the farmers now. They have to go somewhere else. Uh, somewhere else, way over in another county. Uh, Christ. Oh, fucking Christ. It's all like a comp- everyone's competing for everything now. We have fucking... Christ, we have our, uh, they took away our Supermax and they put, they built it somewhere else. Uh, they took, they're talking about taking down our, oh, taking down our modern, what you call it, uh, portable uh, public self-cleaning toilet and putting it in a different part of town. They want to put it somewhere where there'll be more demand. You have to compete for a toilet now for your part of the town. Well, that's not part of my part of the town. It'll be, all be somewhere in the middle of town anyway. Uh, but what if I happen to like shopping in that particular part of town or if I happen to like going down by the river and sitting for a while and drinking an energy drink and then going for a piss before I carry on about my way no because uh, there's not enough of me there needs to be there needs to be more of me to create the demand for that still have to pay the same number of taxes but oh to get anything they'll never build a freaking airport right in, outside my front garden I can tell you that and the excuse is that there's not enough population down here and no one wants to come here i've had listeners to this show come specifically to this town i've brought tourists into this town specifically through this program i'll have you know no uh make the try and make the case for an airport here and they'll say no can you not just go to the main airport like everyone else and then get a car or a bus down a car or a bus what they are they'd have my listeners put into shoved into cars and uh lowly public transport to get them down here here uh, absolutely fuck that's why i gave up that's why i gave up on trying to help the tourism drive uh, no point uh, whatsoever i can't even tell them uh, i know you have to get a car down from the airport but at least you can watch the plowing competitions no they can't have to go to the next county for that anyway uh, a load of bollocks uh, well. if you ask me
I know what you're thinking there. You're thinking, ah, this is all very interesting and very scientific and experimental, uh, but where is it going to end? Uh, if he's taking a sleep aid or two, uh, presumably the, uh, the idea is that he'll eventually fall asleep. And what's going to happen then? Is he going to leave this recording? Uh, no, no, don't worry your pretty little head about this. I've already put in a nice gentle musical ending to close the... Uh, at close the end of the final appendix whenever it may happen uh, we'll edit in, in the morning when I'm awake when I'm good and awake and capable of this uh, but the oh the uh, the sleepy the part of my brain that works when I'm uh, oh that works when my brain is switched off basically uh, is the only part that's being worked today and the part of me that does all the editing and organising and managing of this podcast and its publication uh, will be back in the morning after a coffee to deal with that it's about uh, it's about knowing your talents i know that my uh, talent for making appendixes uh, is only awake when the rest of me is drugged up to the hilt and i'm making use of that now uh, but i know my limits it's like if you have not read a book once about a fella a fella who spent his whole uh, young adult life having several personalities sharing his brain and he eventually came to the conclusion uh, that one of the least uh, foremost personalities was more suitable to be in charge of his brain and he did a deal with his other personality and said the other personality could take over and be the lead personality and the other fellow would go asleep well it's a bit like this now this is like a, uh, this is like uh, oh, it's a bit that's that if I could find out what the book was called for you I suppose I could by looking at the box of books that's beside me without it involved getting up uh, moving that vacuum cleaner and two huge suitcases and trying to figure out which drawer the book is in and then probably breaking my legs because I'm not wearing any shoes I'd probably pull down half a ton of books on top of my feet and then halfway through I'd get bored or fall asleep and then I'd say Christ I could have used those two minutes to make an extra appendix onto the show Uh, because no matter how much you no matter how much effort you put into uh, rummaging in the cupboard it doesn't make material for a show especially if you can't stretch the microphone over that way because uh, it's clamped to the windowsill over there the whole point is that it's clamped so you can do as least damage as possible uh, so no, let's not be getting the run of ourselves I know we're all excited here because it's a whole new experimental phase and we're letting all our inhibitions go uh, but no let's remain seated here at this table where the microphone is uh, with the screen in full view and let's just concentrate on the stuff that's coming out of my mouth uh, I had a piss already a while ago so you won't have to worry about that for a while I uh, don't need to do anything else for some time uh, let's see is there anything else no it's nothing else I need to do uh, we have you have my full and undivided attention from the uh, whatever part of my brain still works when I'm on sleep aids uh, until that part of my brain stops or until I've had enough of it well, it's pretty much the same thing I think we'll probably find although that I'm preempting my experiment then by stating that that's just an hypothesis a hypothesis is not a it's not the same as a conclusion uh, so let's wait till the conclusion before we make a I don't like this uh, this particular uh, part of the appendix I must say it's not one of my better ones I prefer the previous bit where I was talking about the ploughing and the one before that was alright too who said it was going to be good I certainly didn't 
I certainly issued a warning. I said we did an extra long normal show today. It was 40 minutes long. I said, that's an extra. That's an extra 33% on top of the normal length. And anything after that is just extra. It's extra, extra read as your man in the Superman thing used to. So is it used to do in the Superman? No, the Batman, early Batman TV series. You'd see a spinning newspaper. And so it would say extra, extra read all about it. And it'd say, I'd be able to read all about it if he didn't fill up the headline space with the words extra, extra. And just start freaking, uh, start the headline there. Leave out the words extra, extra. You can see a lot more. But oh, by the time they got down to the first sentence of the news, they had to go continued on page four. Uh, if you've ever tried to turn a newspaper, turn the page on a newspaper that's uh, oscillating at that speed uh, on a flat screen that you can't even reach into uh, using 1950s technology television, I can tell you it's a lot harder than it looks. Uh, I've never tried it. I just know. I just know from looking at it because I have a brain. I have a brain. Uh, even my brain in this state can figure that much out. I uh, know. So if you're going to show someone a newspaper spinning on a on a frigging screen until they invent interactive 3D technology, you're going to make da- have to make damn sure to Christ as hell that at some point you show the viewer what's inside the newspaper or what, what's under that headline. Because otherwise you're just teasing us. You're just teasing us. You might as well be you might as well be holding out a, a rare I don't know, a rare Van Gogh artwork that you found floating somewhere and say, here, I'm willing to offer this to society uh, if they all give up their cats. That's called teasing. No one's going to give up their cats unless they're evil. And then we all know the Van Gogh work is going to go into the hands of someone evil. Uh, that's not to say evil people don't have cats. I don't know. Uh, did uh, Mother Teresa have a cat? I don't know. Uh, Pope Benedict XV certainly has a cat, uh, but he allowed it to be banned from his papal appointment for this period as a pope, and then he ended up being kicked out of the place, or else yeah, I'm hoping he left voluntarily uh, in wanting to go back to his cat. He's very cert- certainly very secretive about it. Uh, I certainly wouldn't tolerate be- uh, being... Uh, uh, being uh, called on in my old age to become the representative of Jesus Christ on earth uh, but not being allowed full access to my cats in the place where I'm expected to live. Such a thing as asking too much of a person uh, even Jesus Christ when, they, when he was nailed to the cross uh, despite all his patience after their first 10 or 20 hours he eventually said something along the lines of for fuck's sake Christ why have you doused? Why has thou forsaken me? Uh, he said it a bit more poetically than that or even him he goes to show uh, so no uh, taking a cat off a pope is exactly the same as kneeling a man to a cross I suppose it's part of the procedure we have to I suppose maybe it helped him sympathise with his with his uh, Christian uh, ancestor I suppose if you want to think about it that way but frankly I don't I don't want to think of anything that uh, involves cruelty to cat or to cat owners uh, so leave it at that we leave it at that I don't want to be tearing apart people's religions uh, but frankly any religion that does that to a man is a bit weird if you ask me you're listening to Into Your Head hosted by Neil Ireland's version of the Octomom except he's a dude and has cats now uh, I know what you're thinking there 
you're thinking, uh, I'm new to this program. I'm new to this program. Uh, well, good for you. Good for you. If you're new around here, you'll sit down and show up and have a bit of patience and we'll get to you. We'll get to you when we get to you. You're not even uh, frigging, you haven't even been hired yet. Have a bit of pay. Don't be so cocky. Uh, well, anyway, if you're new here, uh, this isn't what I usually do. The first 40 minutes of today's episode is what I usually do. Uh, then what I'm doing now is what I occasionally do. I basically uh, get drugged up on sleep aids and I do whatever I want because this is my backyard. Uh, I can do whatever I want in it. I can go for a oh, I can go for a piss in the back corner as long as it's in a oh, as long as it's in a reasonably sanitary and private area and it's not going to affect any of the neighbours. Which admittedly I couldn't do in my current location because we're too near to other houses, so I wouldn't do that so don't worry if you live around here uh, this is all theoretical uh, what else can I do in my playground in my did I say playground or backyard I think I said backyard we don't really have backyards over here uh, not to the extent you Americans call them backyards but then they'll say come in and see my backyard and you'll say if I'd love to come in and have a look at your backyard and you'd, you'd expect what a backyard is supposed to be which is a an area of concrete with a wall around it that you store your oh that you store crap in you store bits of old bicycles in but oh they'll show you oh they'll show you a two acre uh, perfectly manicured lawn they'll say look here's my backyard here that's not a backyard that's a national park you don't call that a backyard you fucking idiot if you spend more than three hours a weekend tending to your flowers then it's not a yard a yard is a I lived in a place once that had a yard it wasn't even a backyard it was a side yard uh, you go out there and you put your rubbish out there and then you had a there was a bit at the back there was probably an extension of the back of the yard once but that was uh, overrun by a toilet which is, which had been built over it uh, someone decided oh uh, we've not not uh, so the previous dweller had apparently decided uh, this house has uh, not enough bathroom and just enough backyard uh, but we can afford to lose some of the backyard and just leave the part of the backyard is at the side and then we'll oh we'll basically we'll sacrifice some of our yard for a toilet because we like toilets so they put a toilet there and then they left the yard the rest of the yard there they left that to be so they had all the benefits of a toilet and some of the benefits of a yard well they still had a yard it was just a smaller yard uh, now not to be confused with the yard which is a system of measurement which may cause some confusion there I'm not speaking here as an architect, so I'm not here giving out measurements. These are, these are I'm talking in loose poetic terms. If I say yard, I'm not talking about the, uh, how much space there was. No, no. If you need detail like that, you'll have to talk to someone else. You're at the wrong point. I'm sure there's a podcast for uh, designers and architects and things, but this sure, not that they're not welcome to listen to this when they're winding down from their busy day, when they want to get away. Although they probably won't enjoy this now because they've been hoping to get away from yard design and building design and where to put a toilet when there's only a bit of spare yards to put it. Uh, but don't worry okay, this isn't to be taken too seriously. He'll wind down uh, overall as a you might, if he took, if he looked, looked at a graph of an architect uh, as he listens to this show you'd see him winding down until around maybe uh, 50 minutes in and then suddenly you'd see his levels go up through the roof 
uh, at the point where I start talking about yard design, which is his day job. But no, then he'd relax again, and he'd relax again. And then he'd start worrying about the roof that's being damaged by his graph. And then you'd, re- then you'd realise that he's not real. He's just a figment of my ridiculous imagination. And then your graph would go down and you'd relax as well. So everyone benefits from this. Everyone benefits. Uh, anyone who gets harmed is just imaginary. Isn't that absolutely fucking fantastic? Absolutely fucking fantastic. There's nothing better. Nothing better in this life. Uh, well, nothing that I can think of at the moment. But I can't think of everything simultaneously. I can only think of one or two three, two or three things at a time. Because uh, I'm not a multitasker like women are. Uh, multitaskers like, like women are can think about every single thing in the world. Uh, all in one go at the same time simultaneously. That's why they enjoy life more. So they can think of all the good stuff all the time. Uh, even while they're thinking about all the bad stuff. Uh, us men on the other hand we prefer to just concentrate and specialise and get things done properly uh, which I suppose is very poor for us it's bad for us because we do things properly instead of taking on more than we can chew although uh, women take on uh, as much as they can chew because they have you well, metaphorically they have huge mouths so they can take on a lot more to chew that's how it works that's how they can multi anyway uh, on with the show the Into Your Head podcast will be right back after this We're back with the Into Your Head podcast. I've always been a great believer in the dictum. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Just have a drink of have a drink of this Coke while I think about it. Uh, Don't worry. It's the caffeine free Coke I mentioned earlier. Or did I mention it later? Because I have a have a bone to confess. Uh, I finished this uh, appendix already. I've already done the ending appendix just now. I thought, oh, this will be a good way to end. Uh, So this extra bit I'm recording now, or I'm probably slightly more sleep aided up than before, is going to go in the middle between the other appendixes somewhere. I hope that doesn't cause a problem. Can't see why it would, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Anyway. It's just like when you're making a sandwich. You get nice, crusty, fresh bread on the outside, bit of butter, and then you put the crap in the middle. Any crap that has to be hidden, like hamburger helper or some other crap, you put that deep in the middle of the sandwich where it can't be seen. And all people see when they look at it is, oh, that looks like lovely bread. That looks like a very appetising sandwich, which it does indeed. Uh, Taste is all about the eyes. Don't be fooled. Taste is all about the eyes. That's why they put food colouring and everything. If you go into a McDonald's nowadays, uh, they won't say, oh, uh, would you like to taste our menu? Here's a menu. Just lick each coloured part of the of the plastic uh, menu and tell me which tastes you like and we'll make up your burger accordingly. No, no, they show you photographs instead. They show you photographs. They say, here's a photograph of a Big Mac. Uh, here's a photograph of a Grand Del- 
Deluxe Chicken Burger. And here's a photograph of some of our fries. Uh, not actual size. Oh no, this photograph. The fries for this photograph had to be made, spe made specially big so that they'd fill up a photo that has to take up half a wall above our uh, counter so they've been enlarged. Or else we photograph normal uh, normal uh, fries and then enlarge the photo. But we have to we have to make that clear in the small print because there's laws about that sort of thing. Now, you can't scratch your arse now uh, within, uh, within 3,000 miles of the European Union headquarters in Brussels without having to, oh, without having to get permission to do it. I say, you can't call it an arse unless it's 60% proper milk chocolate. Otherwise, you have to call it a... Oh, you have to call it a dairy-flavoured imitation arse. If you're, that's if you're selling chocolate arses. I'm not talking about the human arse. Uh, but no, no, you'll find stuff now. It'll say, oh, a buttery product instead of butter. Which, in fairness, it's not butter. It's just some crap. Oh, it's probably better for you than butter. They take out the cholesterol and the crap and they put in fake cholesterol and fake imitation crap, uh, which is far better for you, for you, but they're not allowed to call it butter. Butter is strictly reserved. That's, that's like saying uh, you're not allowed to call anything Satan that's not Satan because you want to protect Satan's brand. Uh, that's the way politics is gone now. They've got they're so busy doing stuff and protecting things they forget what they're supposed to be protecting and what they're not supposed to be protecting. Uh, it's all a rocket, if you ask me. You get big business going. Uh, you get big business going after them saying hello. I'm a big business. Well, I represent a big business. Obviously, I'm just a fella in a toy and a suit uh, you won't get that big business uh, has a big business won't be able to just walk up to you because it's not a person it's a it's a thing uh, so unfortunately big business doesn't have as uh, doesn't have any way of representing itself the way your bog standard uh, single human citizen would so we have to send a fella in a toy and a suit and when you look at me in my toying suit you're to imagine me as a big business representing thousands of of people. Anyway, I wanted to have a word with you about your uh, restrictions on the use of the word Satan. Uh, I'm proposing to make a new chocolate that's going to be so smooth it'll be like satin. Uh, I'm going to call it Galaxy Satin Caramello. Uh, what do you think about that? And the fellow from the European Union will say, is it going to be actual satin? And they'll say, no, of course not. Actual satin isn't edible. Or is it? Now that you mention it. When I was a kid, we used to have edible paper. Uh, maybe we could have edible paper as the wrapper and then put edible oh, maybe we'll figure that's an idea there and if you have thanks very much I'll get back to my R&D and we'll think about that edible satin and the fellow from the EU says you will not that's my idea now I've I've automatically patented it so you can't do that uh, when I retire from this I'm going to set up in competition with you or else I'll uh, get a job with you and then you can have your Galaxy Calamello edible satin uh, but of course whoever's in here by then will have changed the rules again so you'll need my help to fight them uh, so anyway that's how uh, that's how the food world works uh, here in Europe well the food continent I suppose although it's more than a continent because Ireland isn't on the continent yet it's still part of the EU and still considered part of Europe uh, we're just talking oh they're part of they're not a separate continent they're just a shitty little island so we'll rope them in with us uh, in fact if you go back a few billion years in time 
you'll find that we were part of the continent. We just broke off because uh, we had a bit of oh, we had a bit of ambition. We said we're going to break off into the Atlantic a bit. First, we us and England will break off together from France or Scandinavia or somewhere, and then the Ireland bit will break off and we float over that way a bit where it's nice and cold. Absolutely fucking fantastic. Uh, anyway. On to whatever was the bit I recorded uh, earlier. Two people cats walk into a bar. One of the people cats goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, can I have a pint of your finest blessed wine, please? And the man behind the bar says, Are you sure that's what you want? And the cat says, no, I'm not sure what I want, but you don't know what you want until you get it, as the Rolling Stones used to say. It used to say something along those lines anyway, wasn't it? They'd say, you can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes and you ask politely, you get what you need. So I'm here, I'm here to uh, ask sometimes and get what I need. So uh, feel free to change my order if you want. Just uh, remember I'm on a budget of uh, three euros, uh, but I'm open to suggestions. And the barman says, oh, that sounds like a challenge. And the cat says, sounds more like a chalice to me that you drink blessed wine out of it. Isn't that funny? Ho, ho, ho. And the man behind the bar says, oh, that's like, that's cute. You like your man? And Data, the android on Star Trek The Next Generation, trying to figure out humour. Uh, it's very cute. Uh, no, uh, you've been, uh, you're obviously feel you need to have a chalice of wine. Uh, that's a religious thing, and I'm certainly not going to uh, interfere with your religion. Uh, I'm not here as a religion salesman. And the cat says, Oh, don't be so coy. I trust you as a, I think of you as your own, the Whoopi Goldberg character on Star Trek. The next generation since we're going by that series a lot uh, I judge you you're like that Whoopi Goldberg character in the bar that everyone comes to advice for even though she's a bit weird and I'm happy for you to make suggestions for me I won't be offended whatsoever if you say here have this instead of your usual blessed wine uh, by the way is the wine you sell blessed and the man behind the bar says oh no although this bar has been sacrinated or whatever by all means your local churches uh, one of them consecrated it uh, the other declared it uh, what do you call it uh, oh they declared it to be what's that thing where it's okay to eat the pigs or something and another one declared it to be uh, no longer a cemetery which was apparently a problem uh, after an archaeological dig here but no we're he was uh, open to everyone here now uh, so anyway you want me to be like your one off the thing oh well I don't have a freaking I don't have a replicator for a start so we're limited to what I can do up for you here uh, would you like a uh, would you like one of these uh, lemonade vodka things uh, with a stick of ice in it not a stick of oh stick some ice in it well stick a little stick in it as well as like a lollipop because uh, you look like quite a young cat and I need to I think I need to mark how he was a child uh, and I see now it feels wrong because this is very alcoholic this uh, obviously 
you see this alcohol drink you see my problem here and the cat says I do indeed see your problem here uh, oh look there's Addy the cat coming in along the interstate cat super highway wall about to disappear behind the corner of the house and the barman says I'm sorry I didn't understand that and the cat says oh don't worry don't worry that's just from outside that's the narrator getting distracted he's on sleep aids and the barman says oh him he gets distracted like that even when he's doing it caffeinated don't worry that's not a new thing the the spa getting distracted by one of his cats coming in along the interstate cat super highway wall is not uh, exclusive to his current uh, his current sleep aid uh, stage and the uh, cat says oh that's interesting that's interesting uh, anyway where was I oh yes I'll try that vodka thing please and the man behind the bar says are you sure and the cat says I'm not sure at all I can't predict the future I'm hoping you'll uh, just give it to me since I've ordered it now but I can never say I'm 100% sure that that's what's going to happen the barman says fair enough uh, here's a pint of milk and the cat says how oh, you bastard and the barman said don't worry I'm only joking I'm only joking here's your vodka drink and then the cat starts drinking it very slowly well not slowly just his tongue's moving very fast he's lapping her up uh, in high fast movements uh, but the liquid's going through very slowly so the, the barman decides to entertain himself by say, singing he drinks a vodka drink he drinks a whiskey drink he drinks a lemonade drink he drinks a drink completely unsuitable for his species drink. He drinks the songs that remind him of the good times. He drinks the songs that remind him of the better times. What times would he remember? He's a cat. Uh, any, any memories that he, he's having now are purely hallucinations caused by his uh, unsuitably high intake of uh, alcohol for a cat. Uh, I presume that's the case anyway I'm not a vat uh, I'm not an expert in cat psychiatry uh, anyway that was mildly entertaining for a moment uh, how was your drink sir and the cat's there lying on the ground conked out uh, with his tongue hanging out and the man behind the bar says we aim to please anyway good morning you've been listening to Neil tell you stories about cats probably Neil talks a lot about cats Send your topic suggestions to studio at interyourhead.com.